Howdy, partners. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. This is the scum that remains. Shooby dooby doo. Hello, everybody. It's Sneak Guy. Another episode ready to go. Another week closer to the season. Another week closer to the draft. I mean, things are rolling, Sneak. And we'll just we're just going to intro it now. It's about time that we get a special guest on here to lead us into the start of our season to get us rolling a bit with knowing when things are coming. So everyone, please give a lukewarm welcome to the Do Nothing Commish. Do Nothing Commish. Brendan is here. Say hello to the people, Brendan. Thanks for having me, uh, Scum and Snake. It's, uh, it's been a while, but I'm glad to be back on. So yeah, professional. What a, what a commish. Just so professional. <laughs> uh, well, we'll put that to the test today. But before we get into the announcements and everything, into the nitty gritty, let's do a nonsense minute. And since you're our guest this week, do nothing, Kamish. Why don't I leave it up to you to decide? So we're going to play a game, but you can pick. Oh, yeah. So do nothing, Kamish. You get to pick between two games, six degrees of Kenyon Draken or keep trade cut. Your choice. <laughs> Um, since I've, uh, moved on from Kenyon Drake and, uh, I never want to hear his name again. Let's go, uh, keep trade cut. All right. That's the easier of the two. That is the easier (laughs) one. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get ahead of it too, while we're setting up for the game. Uh, last week we introduced six degrees of Kenyon Drake. It was pointed out though, that our pathway didn't quite check out because, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Leonard Fournette actually never overlapped on the Bucks, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So amendment to that, we go from Fitzpatrick to Mike Evans to Tom Brady to Leonard Fournette. Hope everyone's happy. That's eight steps instead of six, but it's the best we can do, okay? It's still really, really good. All right, so we'll move on from that. We just had to make sure that everyone knew we knew we were wrong, yada, yada, yada. On to keep trade cut. Okay. So we're going to do it from your team, Kamish, obviously. Bring it on. And we're going to do keep trade cut between. We'll give you a little break on tight end grief for now. <laughs> you have to keep trade cut between Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs. Your big three receivers. That's a good one. All right. I think I'm keeping. Oh, I was done. This is so hard. All right. I'm going to keep Stefan. I'm going to trade Devontae. And I'm going to cut Michael Thomas. All right. You want to hear my reasoning? Yes, of course. Always. Okay. So I'm keeping Stefan because he's just a monster and he had a great year last year and nothing would seem to be standing in his way from repeating that this year. I'm going to trade Devante because he was the number one overall last year 
and I think he I think people still kind of see his value higher than Michael Thomas and that's why I'd be cutting Michael Thomas is because I think his value is kind of the lowest right now okay snake what do you got oh that's exactly what I would do the exact the exact same there I feel like the reasoning for trying to trade Devontae is because there's a, that little uncertainty in Green Bay. Yeah. Where if Rodgers isn't around, that production is probably going to dip a little bit. So you could maybe try to capitalize on, well, if Rodgers is there, the production is going to be great. Maybe get a decent haul from him. And then, yeah, with the Michael Thomas uncertainty in New Orleans, see what the quarterback play is going to look like. I feel like those two just have – the, out, of, out of the three, the more of a question mark of what they're going to look like this year. And Diggs, like Brandon said, should just do what he did last year. All right. Well, I'm going to cut Devontae Adams because Aaron Rodgers isn't playing this year. Hello. Hello. The story came out this morning about uh, like confirming that he turned down uh, the extension that would make him the highest played, highest paid player in the league. So things are kind of turning more towards he's just really upset and wants to be either traded or he won't play for the Packers. So, but he would have had to, he would have had to extend for five more years with them. Like he would, or he would have been extended another two. So he'd be stuck with them for five more. Yeah. But he could so just, I think he, I think he still plays this year, but he tries to get out after this year. Well, official scum and sneak stance is no Aaron Rodgers this year. So <laughs> gotta cut him. Thus, I'm going to trade Stefan Diggs because he's going to get us the most value back. Okay. And in a surprising move, I'm going to keep Michael Thomas because in case you guys don't remember, Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston are going to be top 12 quarterbacks this year. So uh, bounce back for the Saints and Michael Thomas. And that's my answer. I like Hardwin. They're way better. That was You made some really good points. Yeah. <laughs> But they're also going to be uh, number one, two, and three in the wide receiver ranks this year. So you, okay. you, can't, you can't go wrong. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. Well, what? The Devontae and, uh, and Stefan were one and two last year. So now I just need Michael Thomas healthy for a whole year. The fact that you constantly tell me about running backs is people don't repeat at number one at the position ever so no no you so there you go that up when i'm trying to lay the lay the bait for a trade right now that's all brandon ever tells me <laughs> number one won't repeat yada 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 okay well that was our nonsense this week and there was a huge outtake you guys didn't hear so hopefully that never airs but let's get into talking to our commissioner here we're going to do a little bit of a little bit of an interview He's got some announcements for us for the upcoming league year. So let's start with that. If you would, oh, high and mighty commissioner, and just, and just let us know what's coming up date-wise and detail-wise for the 2021 season. All right. So we have our now annual slow draft coming up. Slow draft. Slow draft. Starting August 1st, we are gonna we're gonna begin our three round slow draft. And we're gonna do we're gonna try to do it the same as last year. You know, we can we can kind of talk and, and see if if we wanna adjust the time length of the picks and, and whatnot. I mean, I don't think we ever came 
came close to hitting our uh, our eight hour you know time limit last year. Um, but we'll do it the same format. We'll have uh, we'll have it announced through Instagram, um, just because of you know trades and stuff like that on the sleeper app. Once you begin the draft, um, you're not allowed to uh, to do like in, I guess in draft trading. Um, so I kind of want to keep that open just in case people want to trade their draft picks and whatnot. So, um, yes, we'll do that. Um, August 1st through 3rd, uh, hopefully we'll be able to wrap it up. I figured we'd do it, you know, during the week, uh, that way, you know, people could have stuff to, to get them through the week and into their weekend. I'll repeat it. August 1st is a Sunday. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was a Wednesday. Hold on. Oh, oh we've already got You're it. We're already switching things around here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, you know what? It is okay. Sorry. So, so let's. We'll start on August second. <laughs> sorry, I was looking at September first. <laughs> okay. So, all right, you to repeat all that? <laughs> no, well, it's staying in. Starting the slow okay. draft, August second. That's a Monday, Monday morning. Monday morning. Eric, you're officially on the clock. I do, I do think that last year we saw not a lot of trading, but we saw some important moves. We've mentioned it before on the podcast, but the biggest one being Matt trading up into the second round to get Antonio Gibson. Mm -hmm. So there definitely is value in having it that way because in a fast draft, we're just not able to work on deals, hammer out details. So I think that this does provide an opportunity for everyone to be involved, first of all, if, if you don't have the picks, if you traded them all, all away already, you can try and get them back. And, and then second, we get Photoshops of all those players. So excited for part two of the slow draft. Now, Brendan, how many keepers do we need before the slow draft starts? And when are those due? So we need 18 keepers. Um, they'll be due the night of August 1st. That way we can, I can kind of get it hammered in. You're going to send me. So what you can do on the, on the sleeper app is you go in your keepers, you can pick 15 in the app, and then you're going to have to send me your last three and I'll have to manually add those to the end of the draft board, just because the sleeper app won't allow us to do more than 15 keepers. So 18 keepers do what day again? I'm sorry. August, Sunday night, August 1st. Okay. When are the, uh, so we got, we got 15 keepers in the app, three texting you. How safe can we know that those three are actually going to stay on our team? (laughs) (laughs) That they're actually going to stay on your team? Yeah. We, we just text you three of our guys assuming that you're going to put them on our team. And then all of a sudden the draft starts and now we don't have these three players anymore. How confident, how much confidence can you instill in the league knowing that that's actually going to happen? 100% confidence. Anything you do with the commission, you can trust. All right. All right. So we can trust the commission. That remains to be seen. We'll see how the next couple of weeks play out with that. So we're starting with, so how many keepers did we have last year? We had 17 keepers last year. And 18 this year. So when will the keeper increases end? Are we going to come to a point to where every team just has like 30, 
30 keepers every year? What's the overall goal with the increase every year? What are you, what are we trying to accomplish here? So I would, I would like to get to a point where we'd be at 25 keepers and have a rookie only draft. And, and at that point we become right now, we're still in the reason for the 15 keepers and sleepers Technically, we're still considered a keeper league in their in their eyes. We actually can can change the format to a, a real dynasty team once we get to the the higher limits, and then you basically just keep your entire almost your entire rosters. Um, now, there's there's more that goes into that that we'll have to announce later on because there's things like taxi squads and and stuff like that that we'll have to expand to. Um, but essentially we will in, in the year 2024, we'll go to a, a five round draft and, um, and then, yeah, we'll, it'll, it'll essentially just be, just be rookie picks and you'll keep most of your team. Hmm. Now, is that just a, is that standard for dynasty leagues? How did you come up with this? Yeah, it's, it's pretty standard for dynasty leagues. Um, how we've been having to eliminate, you know, let's say five to 10 guys off our roster based on our roster sizes isn't typical dynasty. Um, in, in a typical dynasty league, you're able to keep your, your, your entire team pretty much. Um, and, and basically how the taxi squad would work is you can keep guys on the taxi squad. And then let's say you've got five rookies on your taxi squad um, because you don't think they're going to play much in, in 2021, right? Once you promote them to your active roster, they can never go back to your taxi squad. So then essentially you're just drafting to the taxi squad. And once you promote those guys, then they can't go on. It's, it's a little more complicated and I'm still working out how to kind of introduce it to everybody. Um, but, but I think it'll add a fun little wrinkle for us later on. Plus, I mean, the, the thing about like our league now is you can't really take, you can't really take your, your deepest roster guys. Like I've, I've got a ton of guys that I want to keep that might not pan out to be anything, but because of our roster constraints, I'm going to have to drop all those guys and, you know, risk them blowing up on somebody else's team. You know, we've, we've had that happen in the past where we've had the people have dropped you know, multiple number one, uh, number one running backs the, the following year just for other teams to draft them. And, and that's what I kind of want to get away from. Like if you have the, the foresight to, um, to, you know, draft a, a, 15, a 15th round, you know, sleeper and he blows up, I want you to be able to keep him on your roster. Mm. Gotcha. Which I think will be good. I, I'm a proponent of that. If you build the team you should keep that team you know maybe you have to make a couple cuts for roster and it sounds like in the future our cut number is just going to be five and that leaves room to add your rookies that you're going to draft and also you're going to have turnover with people that retire or lose their starting jobs or whatever right so there is there's a chance to clean it up but the bulk the, the greater bulk of your rosters are going to be kept and you can control it a little more compared to where we are now. So I think I like it. Now, my question is, since, we dr- since we're able to trade future picks, you're saying that in 2024, 
we're going to go down to just a five round draft. So you're saying that we're no longer able to trade past round five starting in the year 2024. Correct. So, so we're gonna, we're gonna have to, we'll have to expand the rosters for this year and the following year. Um, and then I'd like to, and cause, cause I think, I believe if we do that, then we'll be at 30. I think we're at, are we at 28 now? Um, so, so once we, once we get to our final roster sizes that we want, you won't be able to draft or you won't be able to trade past those rounds just because there's not going to be draft picks. There. Doesn't the smaller roster sizes, like say how we are now, if we were to never change that, doesn't that kind of add a wrinkle to a, the dynasty league to where you're forced to make a hard cut calls every year? Or if you feel like you've got a couple of players that you want to keep that are on the bubble, but you feel like maybe blowing up or may just be who they are. And then you, that's where you enter the trade market with like, well, I can't keep these two guys. I'm going to try to trade them and maybe get a third round pick or whatever. Like, do, do we think that that, is it part of the league that will go away when we can just basically keep everybody or no? Essentially, but, but as deep as we are now, there aren't really any crazy roster cuts that we have to make, right? Like, like my decision this year is going to be keeping my seventh wide receiver or eighth wide receiver compared to my, compared to my seventh or eighth running back. You know what I'm saying? It's not guys that are necessarily going to get playing time, but they're guys that I liked enough to draft in the eighth or ninth round last year, or, you know, later in the, later in the draft that I, I like, but it might take them a few years to develop. So the thing I don't want to do is I don't want to rob people of, of the developing aspect of dynasty. Right. So, you know, sure. I might have a good roster, but I also have guys on, on my team who aren't necessarily starters right now and, and, and might not play for me, but I still like their talent and I think they can develop into a starter. So I don't want to have to, you know, I don't want everybody else to have to give up those guys and I don't want to have to give up those guys either. You know, it's, it's like you taking a swing on your, you know, your sneaky tight ends, which I know you love. Um, you know, I don't want you to have to cut that guy just because we have roster constraints. Okay. Very and, well. and that's just, you know, that's just because like, like we know all, all, all the tight ends that we love, they, they rarely ever take off in year one, right? It might take, it might take two, three, four seasons for them to actually reach their full potential. Um, so, you know, if you draft a rookie tight end with your last rookie pick um, for you to just have to go and drop him next year, like that's going to kind of stink if he doesn't produce in the first year for you. Gotcha. No, it makes sense. I, I like your point though, Sneak, and I, I agree with you. Like that's part mm -hmm. of the strategy, right? Where yeah. okay, I have too many keepers. Let me see what I can get. But I think uh, hopefully my, my wish for this league would be that now that we're kind of flipping that now you're going to force the other teams who don't have as much talent on their rosters to be the initiators of that instead of, okay, I got to find someone who doesn't pay attention very much and I got to convince them to take this guy who I think is worth a second rounder 
now if they want to be competitive, they're going to have to find those deals themselves. Hmm. So, yeah, that's an interesting way of, of looking at it. And I like that. I don't know. I, I agree with you on that. I don't know if that'll yeah, happen. People for that. Are, <laughs> people are, but I like that fact at least. And regardless, we'll still be out there making trades because trades are fun, even if they <laughs> don't necessarily yeah. do you any good. <laughs> trades always do you good. If you're not trading, you're not trying. Like even now, we both we're like, I'm trying to find a I'm trying to find a third or a fourth rounder out there because I got some guy on my team that I'm like, well, someone probably can use so-and-so as a fifth receiver mm-hmm. on their squad and i'm like well i might as well try to get a fourth out of somebody for it like we're there's always gonna i guess maybe be that out there um yeah but no i see i i can see both sides uh, and i think it's just gonna be interesting on how that goes but i think it's gonna a lot like you said allow people to make draft picks and make and feel better about uh taking chances on draft picks like some you know even with me sometimes in the last couple of years where i haven't had any pick higher than the fifth round i'm like well these guys aren't even going to be on my squad next year like because yeah. of how my team was or how some of these teams are where you're like i've got i've got 15 proven guys on my team like i don't really need to keep my fifth rounder that i just drafted last year that only you know didn't really do anything but now you're just like well maybe these draft picks in the later rounds well, I get yeah. later rounds, but just any draft pick that you want to take a swing on, but well, he'll just sit on my bench. And if he gets to be the starter in four years, then I got him. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so it really, it really kind of, uh, kind of really takes away from, let's say like Eric's draft, right? Eric, Eric was going to have all his picks in, in the first and second round, right? He's not going to be able to keep all those guys next year. So now you're just making him throw away firsts and seconds that he that he drafted within the last, you know, one or two years because they may not have developed in in a year. You know, like like now his roster is so deep that when he drafts his 10 his 10 guys this year, he's not going to be able to keep all his bets plus all his rookies next year. Eric, just trade him to me. You're fine. Well, yeah, so I mean, I think strategy is not going to change too much with this. We'll just be able to really, you're not going to yeah, be, forced... be able to keep more sneaky guys. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. Let's recap, I guess, some of these announcements and just make sure that everyone's aware because this is mandatory listening. And really, every episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is mandatory listening. Every episode is mandatory listening, you jabronis. But we'll sum it up. 18 keepers due by Sunday, August 1st, the evening time sometime. I don't think we said a specific time before. No, I mean, any, yeah, any, I mean, technically any time before our our slow draft started is fine. And then the slow draft will start the morning of Monday, August 2nd. And let the trades commence. And then after the slow draft, oh, we'll need to plan the the remaining the remaining rounds of the draft. So, do you have a time and date for that? I did, and it is Saturday, August fourteenth at six p.m. Rounds four through ten, aka my rounds, uh, Saturday, August fourteenth at six p.m. And 
after that ends the year 2024, those picks will open up to be able to trade in the future. But we as a league are limited to just the first five rounds. Does that sound right? That sounds correct. And then I know that Sneak and Eric did a trade already for that year, correct? Uh, back last back last year. Yeah, was that the one for your uh, your QB trade? Yeah, twenty twenty four first. And uh, which what pick did you give, or what pick did he give you back? Probably a fifth. <laughs> okay, so that that'll work then. But but yeah, we're just going forward. If it comes, and I don't think there's, I don't know if I'll be be able to change that year draft, but we'll just we'll just kind of keep track and make sure that nobody trades those later rounds. Yeah, we're doing it already past round ten, so just a yeah. slight adjustment. Yeah, exactly. But that sounds good. So thanks again for giving us those updates, Kamish. We'll. We'll let everyone ask questions or whatever if they need to in the group chat. But let's take a break here. And then you better be prepared for the group chat to just be blasting off. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a break here to hear an ad and then we'll come back for the continuation of our rankings this month. Do your monster trucks and make it thing. We're back, folks. This is the Scum and Sneak Show with the Do Nothing Commish, Brandon. He's here with us today. And we're going to do something really fun with him. We all know he's had tight end struggles for the past, his lifetime, I'm assuming. The most (laughs) love-hate relationship of all things is Brendan and tight ends. (laughs) So we're going to continue our rankings. It's the Scummer of Rankings. Tight ends. Tight ends. We are ranking tight ends. Oh man, I just threw this, I threw this thing together with, with no regard for human life. <laughs> I was going to say, this is probably going to be the one that we have the most difference on, uh, like the most different players, you know, the quarterback and running back rankings that we've done so far, we've maybe differed in our groups on like two players and then the ranks are different, but like overall, the people we talk about are the same. This one's going to be a little different, I think. But also, there's going to be a point where, okay, I ranked this guy 12th. Does he even matter? Most likely not. And he'll probably end up 15th, but only be like 10 points behind the 12th guy. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that. Why don't we start off with – let's start off with Sneak. I want to hear his. All right. So from bottom to top, number 12, I got Logan Thomas. Number 11, I got Gerald Everett. Number 10, I got Gronk. Nine, I got Anthony Ferkser. Number eight, I got Jared Cook. Seven, Mark Andrews. Six, George Kittle. Five, Did Janu. Four, Hunter Henry. Three, Darren Waller. 
two, TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> number one, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> what a list. I love it. <laughs> Just staying true to, true to sneak, uh, sneak colors there. <laughs> All right, I'll do mine next, and then we'll end with our guest here. Uh, from bottom to top, number 12, Jared Cook. Number 11, Blake Jarwin. Number 10, Big Herb Smith. Number nine, Noah Fant. Number eight, Tyler Higby. Number seven, Mark Andrews. Number six, Did Janu. Number five, TJ Hawkinson. Number four, George Kittle. Number three, Kyle Pitts. Number two, Darren Waller. And number one, Travis Kelsey, of course. Travis who? A Travis a Kels. Kels. Travis Kels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bean. All right. You, you guys have been waiting for this list for a long time. Oh, All of your tight ends better be on it. <laughs> <laughs> One's not, but he barely missed. All right. All right. Starting at number 12, Cole Komet. Number 11, did you do? Number 10, he's a, he's a sneaker for you guys, Zach Ertz. Ooh, oh, I like that. Number nine, Robert Tunyon. Number eight, Mark Andrews. Number seven, Mike Gesicki. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, Kyle Pitts. Number five, the Goad. What? Alice Goddard. Number four, TJ Hawkinson. Number three, George Kittle. Number two, Kelf. And number one, Darren Waller. Okay, Mr. Mr. Contrarian over here. <laughs> Guess what? Kelsey's been the number one tight end for six years in a row. He can't do it again. <laughs> he can't do it again. <laughs> Unbreakable streak. Let's go. We're going to switch it up for these rankings because they're obviously, if you listen, so chaotic towards the bottom. Let's start at the top. Well, we don't have much to say about Travis Kelsey and really Darren Waller, but we'll start with Kels, Travis Kels. Sorry. Uh, I have him at one, Sneak had him at one, Brandon at two. He's like Brandon just said, he's been the top tight end six years in a row. He's in the best, if not one of the best offenses in football. Uh, favorite target of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, pretty much locked and loaded to be top two. You know, I, I understand there can be a case that he can't repeat again, but. Any, any other major reason to fade him in either of your guys' eyes other than his age? No. <laughs> no, the only, reason I, the only reason I did that was because the, the six-year streak or whatever and, you know, just taking the contrarian view that he might not be one, but if he's not one, he's going to be high up there, you know, withstanding major injury or something. Yeah, I got to just wait to see him not do it to put him up there. I mean, the tears that he's been on the last couple of years are just insane. So if you, as much as it's fun to say that he's not going to do it again, like until he doesn't, then you just got to be like, yep, that's the honest pick. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. E easy one there to talk about. We'll 
we'll talk about Darren Waller as well. He's pretty easy. Brandon has him at one. I have him at two. Sneak at three. So we're all consensus top three here. Um, Sneak, you're the lowest on him. So why, why ding him or why put him below someone like Hawkinson? Just kind of because I've never really been a Waller guy, but it's just one of those things where it's what else, who else are you going to do here? Like he's been good, even though I just like refuse to believe that he's been good. So, (laughs) and I went with Hawk at number two as more of like a shock and awe pick and this kind of like trying to make a prediction that he's going to be like make huge leaps and jumps. Now that he's got Goff instead of Stafford who Goff would be a lot more apt to throw to tight ends than Stafford ever was. So maybe he can really boost those numbers. But yeah, I mean, also who else is you going to really have there when those, those top threes. And so you just, there I am. Yeah. Waller last year, I mean, he's the Raiders wide receiver one. He's the first option and he's the safety blanket for Derek Carr. So, I mean, you're pretty much locked in to what, at least 90 catches on the year for him, uh, barring injury, of course. So there's, I don't have as much confidence in anyone else other than Travis Kelsey to be up in that range. That's why I have him at two. Brandon already said he put him at one just to be a little contrarian, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pass Kelsey this year I mean I think they were pretty much neck and neck if not tied exactly in targets last year which is it's pretty impressive for both of them but you know they're they're going to be there in the top three for sure I don't think that's that's not the question we're asking here it's who's going to be better I think we all in our hearts lean Kels but you know contrarian hater over there (laughs) let's talk about Sneak already started to talk about TJ Hawkinson, so we can do that. I had him at five, Brandon at four, and Sneak at two. So I think kind of consensus he'd be our next guy, actually. And I would say that his argument for being up there is similar to Darren Waller's, where he's going to be the number one target on the team. Yeah, I think when it comes – when I was thinking about Hawkinson – I feel like when you even all of the rest of our guys that we've ranked in various orders and players, he's got to be the youngest and the most the most potential to break into those top levels, right? Like, I don't as much as I like can be like, oh yeah, like like Johnu or Henry or Andrews or whoever. Like, I think out of all the other guys, he's got the most potential to break up there. And I just went for it and said, yeah, he's going to be major breakthrough this year with Goff who would, like I just said, is going to be more apt to throw to tight ends. And you just said they don't really have any other receiving options that are established there. So he's, he's going to rely heavily on him and barring any injuries. I expect him to be, you know, and, and with the way tight ends are scored, definitely going yeah. to be top five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think the one detractor would be golf, you know, just, not knowing what he's going to be like in that offense. Um, but like you said, who else are they going to do? They're going to go to. So he's a I'm good. I'm not saying Goff is going to be good. I just, no, yeah. No, he doesn't think, even have to be that good. Yeah. I just think that offense, the new coach, it's probably going to be a fairly conservative offense, which lends itself to being more of like, you know, shorter tight end routes and stuff. And maybe the volume alone will allow him to be better but yeah i'm not 
I agree with you. Like it can be very confusing and weird and not knowing, but yeah. Yeah. If you, another, I guess, feather in Talkinson's cap would be too, if you want to go like the, the narrative route, Dan Campbell's a former tight ends coach. So, I mean, you could say that he'll have a little bit of, oh, that's a good point. Preferential treatment or uh, the, like the play calling. I mean, I don't know. It's Anthony Lynn too. So more semi tight end favorable uh, the, uh, ideology there, but we all have him ranked pretty highly. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just, it's just a matter of him matching that, even though we've already seen him be a top five tight end. So it seems like when we talk about it, it's like, he's going to make a jump, even though he kind of already did, albeit in a, like we said all the time, terrible tight end landscape. Yeah. I think there's one other big name that is kind of like across the board. Let's talk about him. It's George Kittle. Brandon has him the highest at number three. I have him at four. And Sneak has him all the way down at six, which no one's surprised about. He will never be a top five tight end. I'm, I'm quoting someone wise there. Yeah, so, so I can't put him in the top five, but I'll put him <laughs> right outside. <laughs> and just, yeah, like, I don't know. Kittle is probably – I just – I just am called. He's not going to be a top five tight end. And just real quick going back, Hawkinson was already number five tight end last year. I, I don't see how that changes. Yeah. But yeah, Kittle, I think, I don't, I think he's not a Kittle guy. <laughs> I think with Kittle, I mean, there's, there's two things that could happen, you know, um, with their rookie QB coming in, he could, he could be great for him or he could be terrible. Um, you know, the one thing that we know about Garoppolo is that they've had a connection. Um, so we'll see how long that lasts. I just think he's been, he's been that difference maker before. And if he gets any, anywhere near the, the targets that he's gotten in the past, I don't see him, you know, scoring outside the top five. Yeah, I totally, I, I agree with you that the thing that's going to ding him this year is whenever Trey Lance does get in. I mean, maybe they have a good connection right away, but that's yet to be seen. So, so I took him out of my top three where he typically is in, in other rankings. They also just have a lot of weapons in San Francisco. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. to target, a lot of ways for them to score in that offense. So he's not the focal point of the offense necessarily. And, I mean, that's why I think that Schneek's six call – is probably pretty, pretty legit when you consider, like, I mean, I didn't rank it this way, but there's guys who we're going to talk about who are, are out there in the tight end field that are going to be the prohibitive top targets in their offense. And now that I'm saying it, Kittle probably should be. He probably will lead the that, I was just getting, I was just getting ready to say he should, he should be their focal point. He should be their number one. Like, but, I think what I think it's like he's he should lead the team in targets, but it'll be more evenly dispersed where someone like Hawkinson is gonna have like 30, 40 more targets maybe than than the next person. And we know like Darren Waller is definitely gonna have that edge. Yeah. For for me, I, I I think there's there's like clear tiers right now, and that might change throughout the season, but like Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller are like in the top three tier. And and like last year, it was it was Kelsey at whatever, close to 300 points, Waller at like 260, 
and then everybody else was like a hundred points less than them. Right. So there's a clear break in there. And of all the guys underneath that, I, I just think Kittle might be the, the closest to those top two guys than, than anybody else just right now. I mean, Kittle was the number 19 tight end last year. <laughs> but he was, wasn't he hurt? He was hurt for like 10 games, right? Yeah, I know. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like that answer. No, but Kittle is the only other guy who's done what Kelsey and Waller have done in the past couple of years. So yeah, that, that is the argument for him. We'll just see, see how that works out again with, but I don't like him either. I don't want him to be good just because it's huge. Just because you kept your, your favorite player in the world, DeAndre Swift instead of him. Exactly. But yeah, I think you kind of alluded to it, Brandon, that's kind of the top tier this year. Um, Kelsey Waller, Kittle are the the traditional ones and then Hawkinson is is really highly touted this year too so that's kind of our top ones and then after that you see it in other rankings you see it in ours right now it just gets wild so <laughs> let's take turns kind of picking someone to talk about so Schneek who do you want to go with I want to go with Anthony Ferkser Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one your number nine pick didn't make the other two lists so defend your boy He's going to just take over exactly everything that Johnu did. Tannehill is a gunslinger. I know Julio's in there, but they got to have a third option, and that's going to be Ferkser, and he's going to be sneaky, sneaky good. 500 yards and six touchdowns is a not top nine, top ten tight end, so that's what I'm calling. Yeah, I mean, the bar to make the top 12 is pretty low, <laughs> and I did definitely consider Ferkser, so uh, I, don't, I don't hate it. Brandon, anything major that you have against Anthony Ferkser? No, no, I think I think it's uh, that's pretty well stated. All right, come get him then. He's available. Like him that much. <laughs> All right, you pick someone to talk about. I mean, All right, me, I've never even barely heard of the guy in my life, but he's my top nine. Top <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Okay, let's go with let's go with my boy, Dallas Goddard. Let's talk about your boy because you have him at five. Snake and I did not include him on our lists, obviously. Fine. You also <laughs> had Zach Ertz on your top in your top twelve. Yep. So either you're a big believer in Jalen Hurts or you think <laughs> that Hurts is getting traded you gotta a, talk about both exactly, of them and no, talk about both of them that's exactly my thought so I believe Hurts will be traded um you know for the past year and a half we've been hearing that he wants out that he they, he, they wouldn't give him a contract that he wanted so he's seeking a trade blah 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 so I think this is the year it finally happens um when when he was not on the field, Dallas Goddard was actually pretty good. Um, Dallas Goddard also missed, you know, six games last year due to injury. So I believe that, you know, with a full season, um, you know, now that now that they've got Jalen Hurts and all that situation kind of settled down for the season, I think he could take a step forward. But uh, again, that all kind of that all kind of hinges on Hurts not being there and taking half of those reps. I mean, if you, 
if you were to guarantee me that Ertz was not going to be there this year, then I would be more inclined to, to include Dallas Glassjaw. But I, it hasn't happened yet. And I look around and I'm like, who wants 30, what, 31 year old Zach Ertz in the NFL? Um, like, who's the cold that starving uh. for a tight end? I, mean, I don't know. But I think, too, the other thing that Sneak and I probably agree on is that we're not a big believer in the Eagles passing attack this year. I did have Jalen Hurts in my top 12 quarterbacks, but that was off of rushing and just enough passing. So, I mean, he'll, he'll need to take a, a decent jump for, for Goddard to be top five. Can he be 10, 11, 12? Yeah, sure. Anyone can. But five is a, five is a pretty good bar um, that I think volume is going to dictate mostly for the tight end. So we'll see if that's there. Yeah, I like the idea of Ertz getting traded and kind of having, I don't know about a resurgence, but like a better year getting on a team where he can be go back to, I mean, Kels is 31. I mean, some of these tight ends are older. And Ertz was good in his, in his prime in his younger years. And now they just got Goddard in there. They've been sharing the load and Ertz has been, I don't know if he's been hurt or if they've just been like shutting him down or whatever, but I like the idea of Ertz going somewhere else and having a better top 12 tight end year than I do Goddard just because I have no faith in Jalen Hurts. Uh, and they did what well, they just drafted Devonta Smith. They had Rager last year. Uh, I don't know if Goddard is the type of tight end to be basically a receiver type, never really paid much attention to him, but if that they open up that passing attack, then I guess he has the, uh, he has more of the potential to get there, but I just didn't really think much about it. Cause I just don't have any faith in that whole Eagles offense really. Okay, my turn. You know who we're talking about. John U. Smith, one of the, the few remaining holdouts that crosses over on all three of our lists. Schneek actually has him the highest at five. I have him at six. And then Brandon has him way too low at 11. But I think I, obviously we all know he's going to be a focal point of that Patriots offense. The the receivers they have are not inspiring. The quarterbacks they have are not inspiring. And I just think that that lends to a lot of dump offs and, you know, mid range targets for Janu. And I saw a stat recently that I loved. You guys know me and my appreciation for Johnny's rushing ability and the fact that the Titans used him in the backfield a whole bunch for a tight end. But uh, someone posted that they went back and looked at uh, Aaron Hernandez's usage in in the backfield, and it was like uh, I'm going to butcher the stat, but it was pretty good usage when they had that double tight end, that athletic tight end setup. So we could be seeing a little bit of that for Johnny this year, which I love. Yeah, that is such a fun thing that he was like involved in the rushing attack, like very minimally, but like still involved and you're just always like man is he gonna get like a rushing touchdown right now that old tight end end around a bobby johnson favorite so yeah johnny i like johnny uh going to the patriots same thing with uh hunter henry going to the patriots it seems like they're loading up on tight end for a reason that whoever the quarterback's going to be to have them uh rely on that position to move the move the sticks and we saw that last year 
Johnu and Henry Henry are just serviceable tight ends in that spot. So I expect both them to have, if, if not the same type of season they both had last year, a little bit more, which will vault them in my mind up into that top, whatever, five tight end spot. And I love, we love Johnu, uh, you know, and I still believe that Hunter Henry is going to be good. So. <laughs> so, so my reasoning on, uh, on having Johnu at, at 11 is just that, you know, what, what the, the Patriots did last year. Um, you know, I don't know if they're, they're planning on moving on from, from Cam halfway through the season or, or what and, and bring Mac in. But I mean, last year, Cam only had like eight touchdowns, um, 2000 yards or something, you know, for, for those guys to both be up in the upper echelon of, of, uh, you know, uh, tight ends, especially, having the chance to get to that, that four five, six tier. I just don't see that happening with, with the way that they, you know, they run their offense with Cam Newton. Um, but, you know, they could change it. I think they will. And I think that whenever they make the switch to Mac Jones, that'll help. Sneak touched on Hunter Henry. So let's just do that since we're talking Patriots. Uh, I, I didn't rank him, but that's only because he's a traitor and he left the Chargers. But Brandon didn't either. So we are the two of us are of the opinion that John is going to be the the top option on that team. Schneek has Hunter at four, so he thinks Hunter will get the edge. Now I definitely could see that happening uh, as much as it pains me. I mean, they gave them basically the same contract in the in free agency. So it's hard to say who's going to be the priority there, but I didn't predict a, a Gronk Aaron Hernandez kind of resurgence or, or repeat here, but Schneek has, and I'm not against it. So I want to hear your thoughts on sustaining two tight ends in one offense. And, and if that's going to come back, because we haven't seen it in, in years. Well, the last time it was done, it was Patriots and Bill Belichick last year, obviously showed that Cam Newton couldn't get the ball down the field. So they loaded up on a lot of, they loaded up on two tight ends. They loaded on the likes of Kendrick Bourne and they got Nelson Aguilar, who's going to be their quote unquote deep threat. So they're, they're changing their philosophies on the offensive side to keep things a lot more efficient and in the center of the field and not relying on deep balls. So I figure that lends itself to allowing a lot more tight end work. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a weird tight end heavy offense there. And that would just make Henry and Johnny amazing. So that's my philosophy. I, uh, I actually did have Hunter Henry in my 11th spot and I changed it uh, before we, before we got on the call. Um, I, I do think what, what Sneak's saying is right that I think they are going to try to, uh, kind of transform and get back to, to the old ways of how they were doing things. Um, I just don't know if Cam Newton's the guy, uh, just because I think still he's, he's always, you know, I don't know if he's got that mentality of, of run first or, or he just, you know, whatever he decides to do, I just don't know if he's the guy to get both of those guys to where they should be. Um, but you know, there, there's a room for uh, Mac Jones to come in there and change all that. Uh, who's up? Sneak. Pick someone. Uh, Jared Cook. 
Jared Cook. So you had him at eight. I had him at 12. Brandon left him off. But obviously, Scum and Sneak Show, big fans of Justin Herbert, big fans of that Chargers offense. And, I mean, the touchdown. Big fan of, big fan of Herbert, touchdown dependent, big uh, red zone threat. He's not going to be the, the type of tight end that just, you know, gets moving the chains type, multiple catches a game, just middle of the field. He might have a 20, 30-yard catch here and then a touchdown. Uh, but they signed him for a reason. They needed a tight end outside of Keenan Allen, uh, Eckler, and some of those younger receivers, just a veteran presence for Herbert to rely on in the red zone. And that's about it. <laughs> that's my thought process again. Yeah, the touchdown upside is the big driver, I think. I mean, he could very well have 10 touchdowns on the year, and that should be tops in the tight end class. So, you know, if he does that, he's definitely making top 12. Brandon, did you consider Jared Cook? Not for one second. Hater. Not even for <laughs> one second. Didn't even cross my mind. Um, so... I don't know with cook. I just think with, with the chargers, especially there, it's a completely different offense than he, than what he came from in new Orleans. And last year with, you know, um, even with Michael Thomas being out the whole time and, and all these other things, he still didn't perform like he did the prior years when, when Michael Thomas was there and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I just think his age is a big factor. I mean, he's 34 what 35 34 um and i think the and i think the chargers uh passing options and and attack is just much better than than what the um sorry than than what new orleans was last year um so yeah i don't know i i just think that that he might just be a little too over the hill for me he is old so i mean that's definitely a ding against him and the chargers did draft Trey McKitty in like the third round. I don't think they he's drafted a tight end. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in Georgia. Maybe that'll maybe I'll draft him in the in the dynasty. No one else draft. Uh, not yet. If we ever get the pick. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, you're up. Who you got? Um, let's go. I'm going to pick somebody off my list. How about that? Okay. Hopefully they're on our list though. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Huh? Um, okay. Never mind. I'll pick somebody on my list. Let's go Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. The other person that is on all of our lists and all in the same range. I have him at seven. Shanique has him at seven. You have him at eight. So we're all like, yeah, he's definitely going to be top 12, like comfortably but we're just not high on him. And again, I think that all leads back to Lamar. We've, we've seen him have a good connection with Andrews before, but just overall, it's probably not going to, to match that major year that they had. Sound right? Sounds right. Uh, my, main, my main thinking on uh, Andrews is they, they keep adding wide receivers and weapons to that, that offense. Um, and, I, and I really like Rashad Bateman. Um, just his talent is something that I don't think they've had on that team uh, in the wide receiver core for a while. And 
and then that uh, aligned with the fact that I do think they're they're going to get Dobbins more involved. Um, I think that that they could they could shift a little bit outside of that, um, you know, outside of the offense that they've been running for the few the last few years. Um, so I think just that the addition of Rashad Bateman taking away some some targets and then getting Dobbins more involved. I just think Andrews kind of gets phased out of uh, just a little more. You know, he's still going to be top eight, but like we were saying earlier, top eight could mean 150 points less than the top three guys. And that's, that's a huge difference. Yeah, last year Andrews finished sixth. So we, Scum and I have him at seven, you have him at eight. So basically he's going to finish pretty much close to what he did last year. I don't see him being the type of player that um, is going to increase his skills and his abilities. He's just kind of reminds me of someone who just who he is. There's not going to be major leaps in his game. And I can, I can agree a little bit with Brandon was saying about that offense is there's offense is going to start to change in some way or another. And Andrews, I it can easily be the odd man out there. So seven, like we just said, like we're going to say on about every tight end, if you're not Kels or Waller or these guys that we've known to be there for a while, it's not going to be hard for you to be a top 12 tight end. So you have to just make, be honest with that, that he's going to be there, but there's not much there that just wows me with him. Like he's not, someone that is like, dang, like that guy can be good. I think he just, we know who he is. Yeah. I think he's just, he's just kind of safe, right? He's got a workload that we are pretty confident in. If he's not the number one, you know, if Bateman passes him, he's still going to be the second option on the team probably. And he's got enough talent where, like I say, like I was saying, he's on all of our lists, whereas everyone else that we're going to talk about, we all disagree. So they're kind of more of the ones that are like, Maybe, 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 and maybe those guys have higher ceilings where they could outperform Andrews, but his floor is, is higher than those other guys. So I think that's the major thing on him. Mm-hmm. My turn, and we've waited too long to talk about him. It's Kyle Pitts time. Schneek did not rank him because, you know, rookie hater. Brendan has him at six. I have him at three. So I'll start. And I just think that he is going to have the best rookie tight end season ever. He got his draft capital being the highest pick ever. He is a physical freak and he goes to a team that just lost its all time historic, great receiver. So there's a huge vacancy in targets and in, I think, what what they want to do with the offense like obviously Calvin Ridley is the one there and he's going to take a leap but behind him it's either like Russell Gage or Kyle Pitts and I have more confidence in Kyle Pitts as a player so I think his upside is is massive I think he can be a red zone threat too that the Falcons haven't really had in the past and he's just going to soak up a bunch of targets have a bunch of catches have a bunch of yards and be really good now that is again compared to tight ends and specifically rookie tight ends. So he's not in the Kelsey Waller tier. I think he'd be right there in the next group with Kittle and and Hawkinson and those types of guys. I think uh, I mean I I don't want to discount you know Cal Pitts's 
uh, athleticism or potential or anything like that. It's just been so long since, you know, uh, a tight end who has been such a high pick has actually come out and, and performed up to that level. Right. Um, who was the guy that uh, Detroit, the last Detroit um, guy yeah. that they took? Ebron? Ebron. Yeah, Eric Ebron. You know, he, I think he was the last, like, top 10 tight end that got drafted, and it was just awful. Um, but even before that, there's only been, like, one that's, that's ever been, you know, any decent. And even those guys, like, the, the all-time greats took, took a year or two to get kind of in their groove and, and get used to the league and stuff like that. So I just don't know if it's just my stigma with tight ends after year one that uh, they, they just, you know, have to prove it. Because, I mean, that's what – when I draft a tight end, I don't expect them to be great the first, you know, the first year or two, and then hopefully they'll get better. And if they haven't, that's, you know, that's why I'm in the position I'm in. But anyway, um, yeah, I just, I just don't know because we haven't really seen it from a top five tight end or top five draft pick, you know. Bust. <laughs> Big old bust, baby. The number four overall pick, Kyle Pitts, tight end. What were the Falcons thinking? He is going to be a major, major bust. Didn't even crack my mind to put him in the top 12. I don't care about anything else. He is not going to be good, and I can't wait until I am correct. Oh, he's going to be so good. It's crazy. <laughs> like, I get, I totally get the, the first-round tight end argument, and they're never good, and even after Ebron, it was Hawkinson was like seven, I think. And then Fant was like nine, something like that. Maybe like they were top 13, but they were high. And both of those guys were garbage. Yeah, we're still waiting on them to be good. So I get it. None of them had four, three speed. None of them had 81 inch, 81 inch wingspan. So I believe pits to the moon. Yeah, right, I think I – I think the other hard thing is, is like tight end, like looking at tight ends like that. And then their stats, like in college, because their stats are never, are never any good. It doesn't look like. So I'm like, how do these people get, you know, such uh, so high on these guys with seeing 800 yards and stuff like that. Hmm. I don't know, but no, I mean, that's, uh, that's a good point, Brandon, because their 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 college stats aren't the greatest. They don't have like this crazy hype like some of the quarterbacks, receivers, and even running backs do. And now all of a sudden he's supposed to be like the next greatest thing, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Like if that doesn't do anything for me, I'm not going to jump on a hype just because of his. I don't know. I just I that's a I feel like that's a really good point. Like I've never heard anything about Pitts is like his whole college career. It's not like we watch college football, but you hear about the running backs, you hear about the receivers. You hear about the quarterbacks, yeah. and we, to me, I haven't heard anything about Pitts until all of a sudden Pitts is the next best thing to ever live. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, his sophomore year, he had, he had 54 receptions for 649 yards and five touchdowns. And then his junior year, he only played eight games because I think he had some kind of injury or something or might have just been short. I don't know. Um, he had 43 receptions for 770 and 12 touchdowns. Now, he's playing for Florida, too, so – I don't think Florida, I mean, Florida had like Kadarius Tony, but I think, I think Pitts was the go-to guy 
So I just don't see those stats adding up to, you know, a top, a top three or four tight end in the NFL where all of a sudden he's going to come out and now he's going to need to, to get 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns to be one of those top three, four guys. I just don't see how he can't do that in college. And now all of a sudden he's supposed to do it his first year in the NFL. Oh, you don't think you don't think 12 touchdowns gets you to a top three or four tight end? He's look not going to do that. Look up Matt Robert Tunyon. He's never played with Matt Ryan, bro. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. How about that? I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> it's between me and Sneak to see who's right. All right, we'll move on from Kyle Pitts. We all know where we stand. Uh, who's up? Sneak? You're up. Oh, no, you were Pitts. Yeah, Sneak's up. Uh, all right, I guess I'll just do uh, Gerald Everett, my number 11. Nothing really to say here other than he's, a, he's on a new team. He's on the Seahawks. I'm assuming he's going to be their third slash fourth option. They finally got a younger sort of kind of well-known, maybe established a little bit in some other circles, tight end on that team, given Russell Wilson that uh, safety blanket. And the way the Seahawks offense is, it probably can hold the likes of Metcalf, Lockett, and maybe an Everett or another guy in there the way how much they throw it so that's really all I thought about that I was kind of struggling here on some of these guys to figure out where I wanted to put them and try to put in some new names and some new blood in there and I don't know what I don't have it all pulled up but ever probably finished top 20 last year maybe so a new team new scenery and not having to share any load with Higby or whoever else they had in with the Rams so there you have it Everett number 11. I like it. I mean, I, I wanted to put Everett in my top 12. The point you made is the main thing that he's connected now to Russell Wilson. So yeah, obviously he's behind DK and Tyler Lockett in that pecking order, but we've seen guys like Will Disley and Jacob Hollister, like have good games for, uh, for Seattle as a tight end. So no reason to think that a full healthy season of Gerald Everett, who's also shown flashes can't be solid. So I agree with you for sure. Am I up? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with my 12th ranked tight end, Cole Komet. And I think Cole Komet, um, I think he's going to take that that next step. Um, he had a decent – he showed flashes during his, his rookie season. Um, but I just think with uh, Justin Fields ultimately taking over there, um, I think he's Justin Fields is going to take over pretty quickly, actually. Um, so I just think that, that Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, um, I think that whole bears offense is going to see a big boost when, uh, Justin Fields takes over. And, and I liked kind of what I saw from him just in the few like games that he played last year. He looked, you know, he looked, he looked like a big kind of quick, uh, quick tight end out there. I think he's like six, six or six, seven. Um, so, so I think he could, uh, take a next step to break into that, that top 12. Yeah. I, I like Cole Komet. I like Justin Fields a lot. The thing that kept him off my list was that they still have Jimmy Graham. Not that I think Jimmy Graham is great or really contributes that much, but 
he had like six touchdowns last year. So I think they're still just going to use him in the red zone and that's going to cap Cole Komet's upside a little bit, but that's really the only thing I have against him. Jimmy freaking Graham. Still around kicking somehow. I remember when Jimmy Graham was just so good. He was. Early in his and then career, I traded for him. Just so, great. so amazing with the Saints. Just great. Just felt like him and Gronk just like they felt like they were always the ones competing, just being the one and twos. And it was, man, some of those games are just like, dang, this guy is like, he was matchup proof. You just felt so confident having him in your team. But yeah, with Komet, uh, I'll talk about him at towards the end here. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Ooh. So Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham had one, two, three, four, six top four seasons. One he got hurt, and they came back and had two more. But he was just dominant. And then I traded for him, and he went to garbage. Now that was the start of it. Was, <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I traded for him, and then he had two good seasons after. All right, take that back. That's why I haven't traded any big name uh, tight ends lately, just because it's gone so poorly. Let's talk about, because I'm up, let's do my 11th ranked guy, Blake Jarwin, who's coming off of an ACL, so maybe a a tough proposition on my end. But, I mean, I just think that Dak's going to be throwing that ball all over the field, and he's just got, he's got as much, upside as any any of these other like lower ranked potential guys so I think a bounce back season for Blake and uh he's 11 which you know is is decent I don't like him <laughs> <laughs> oh man <that's> good. <laughs> um no I just think uh, there's too many other weapons that are way better than a Blake Jarwin um, you know, you got you got CD Amari um, getting the the bulk of the bulk of the work there, um, and then and then I just think that that everybody else is just leaps and bounds. I mean, Gallup's their third option in the wide receiver in the wide receiver room, and he's way better than Blake Jarwin. Um, plus, you got Zeke coming out of the backfield. Like, yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's going to be any good. Uh, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I 100% disagree with you, Scum. I'm with Brandon on this one. Jarwin is – he's just a nobody lost nothing. He's not even going to be on the tight end charts this year. Mm-hmm. Had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, heck to both of you. <laughs> that can still get 5,000 yards, and Blake Jarwin will have 200. How about that? I was like, I thought last year Blake Jarwin was going to be good, and then I, I think I traded for him, or I somehow got him, and then he got hurt week one. I was just like, freaking pissed. That's that's <laughs> the thing though. Like, he was going to be good last year, and he got hurt. Was was gonna be, and then that got hurt, so we didn't even get to see like what the role kind of looked like with Dalton Schultz. There's only like a few games of that, so I'm just rolling it back from last year. I believe. All right, let's uh, uh, sneaks up. We only got a few more guys to go, so we can go probably pretty quick. I think my last one is Logan Thomas at number 12. Uh, just not really much to say there. He had a decent, pretty good uh, season last year. I'm just saying he's going to do 
do similar to what he did last year. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't like Thomas just because I I don't think with I I don't like the uh, the Washington quarterback situation. I mean, Fitz Fitz is okay, but I don't know that with McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, you've got uh, Kelvin Harmon coming back. Oh I gosh. Just think that I think uh, I think that there's other, and that's that's the thing. It took what it took Logan Thomas eight seasons to put together a, a top six season last year. Um, so I, I, <laughs> what the I heck? Was, don't be pulling out those types of stats, Brandon. <laughs> I think it was I think it was just a flash in the pan. I don't think he's gonna repeat. Yeah, oh, like what, what a soundbite! It took him eight seasons to put together one top six season. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Exactly what you said about Jarwin is what I think about Logan Thomas. He's just like a guy, and I think that offense isn't as high powered as the Cowboys, and there's better options on the field than Logan Thomas. So he's dumb. He's dumb. <laughs> I can take it. I don't. I don't freaking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. My last guy. Let's do. Uh, let's do Gasicki. Uh, so Gasicki. So <laughs> so had what a top. I think it was a top six guy last year. Top seven guy last year. Um. I think with with Tua now having having a full off season, them them getting to kind of kind of get into a flow and stuff like that. I think he. He's one of those guys that's a, an athletic, you know, monster that can just do things that most tight ends can't. Um, so I, I think he, I think he, I think he's better than what he was last year, um, you know. But he's still right in that like six to seven range. So he's a decent start every week. He's not going to be one of the top three guys, but he's not going to be, you know, completely terrible either. I think in the top eight episode, I had Gasicki as a bust, and mostly based on his ADP, but uh, I, I mean, you're right that he is super athletic, super talented. Cause if you look at his highlight tape, it's like, it's nuts. Especially when you think about how little he's kind of produced statistically, but you see this like pop off and you're like, dang, this guy is pretty, pretty good. But I, I've said it before. I mean, I don't think that Tua is going to be the leader of a high powered offense. And then, I don't like that the, that the Dolphins invested in more weapons this offseason. I don't like that for Gasicki. So they have Will Fuller, they drafted Jalen Waddell, and then they drafted another tight end, uh, Hunter Long, who was like a, of the tight end class, like a pretty good prospect. So I just don't know if he'll get the, the target load and how good those targets are going to be. That's why I left him off my list. What do you think, Snape? I think I would agree more with the fact of Tua not being able to run a high-powered offense. Uh, but I would agree with the highlight tape. He does make a lot of highlight reel-type catches. But I'm just not really a fan of anyone on the Dolphins. I, I would stay – I'm going to stay clear of anyone on the Dolphins' offense. So, and, I, I just think – I think, like, uh, to, to your point, Scum, about them drafting guys and stuff like that, you know, we know Will Fuller's a track record. The only time he stays healthy is when he's on the juice. Um, Devontae Parker can't stay healthy, and he hasn't proven – he's only had one good season. Uh, you know, Preston Williams coming back from all his problems. Uh, I just don't – I don't think those guys are, are every every 
weak options. Um, you know, and, and so far, Gasicki's, you know, proven that, that he's going to be healthy at least. So I think that kind of, you know, boosts, especially in the tight ends. If, you, if you're producing points every single week and, and you get six or seven average, like you're going to be top 12. So I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say it'll be, you know, top six or seven. All right. I think for the sake of time, I'm just going to list off who we haven't talked about yet. And I think we'll all just say like, eh, yeah, maybe they'll be good. So on our list that we haven't discussed are Tyler Higby, Noah Fant, Rob Gronkowski, and Robert Tunyon. So, I mean, again, guys that are all on good offenses, uh, Tunyon, if Aaron Rodgers plays. Actually, no, Fant's not on a good offense, so forget him. But the other guys are in good offenses, got chances to score. They're going to be involved. I mean, any – I don't have any major argument against any of them being in the top 12. I know I didn't rank some of them there, but I'm not super against any of them. So any name on that list that you guys hate particularly? Uh, Tunyon. He's on your list though. I know. I just don't like it. I would agree with Tunyon be just because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play. Exactly. So. He's not going to be there. You're right. Fant, so is the only... a, Fant is on a horrible offense. They don't know what's going on there. Uh, Gronk yeah, with like Brady that. is, I think, can be good-ish, whatever. Um, who else did? Who else was there? Uh, Higby. And Higby with the Rams. Eh, maybe not a Cam Akers is hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, so I that goes to the point again. We talked about a lot of guys this time, but that's because after those top ones that we mentioned, it's really just, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. It's kind of who's going to catch more touchdowns and who maybe mm-hmm. steps into a bigger role in their offense. So tight end is, is the trash position. We talk about it a lot. And the one thing that we can all agree on for sure is that Evan Ingram is not a top 12 tight end. Yes, that is so, so true. Right, Brandon? Not yet. <laughs> you didn't even rank him. Rank him. <laughs> I did it, but he's my sneaky guy. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go ahead and talk about sneaky guys. So as we always do, uh, guys that we think can sneak into that top 12 that we didn't have. So Brandon, start us off. Yours is Evan Ingram. <laughs> so my boy, Evan Ingram comes out with with a great uh great first rookie season right everybody's all high on him going into the second year has a kind of dud second year dud third year fourth year is the breakout year he's going to surpass all of his other stats and all the other years he's going to finally learn to hold on to the ball and he is going to lead the new york giants in receiving yards and touchdowns what the heck? Big Galladay hater out here, but uh, that's that's your call. That's what we're here for. Big proclamations, and I, I'm I'm support I'm supporting you on that, even though it's not going to happen. But <laughs> if it does, then I guess you'll be very smart. <laughs> Who you got, Sneak? All right, my sneaky guy is Colt Komet. I alluded to it a little bit earlier in the show. Justin Fields takes over as the starting quarterback after Week One, Week Two. That's when we see uh, that whole Bears offense just be a little bit better and moving on. I like Komet. 
coming into his second year. Fields is going to make him better. Yeah, he could be. He could easily supplant Logan Thomas, maybe even Gronk, depending on what that offense looks like, getting into that top 12. So sneaky sneak, Cole Komet. Like it. Mine is Gerald Everett, and I talked about him already. I hesitated making him my sneaky guy, too, because uh, I'm trying to get him, but uh, whatever. Now everyone knows. Maybe even Tyler knows if he listened, but I really like him this year. I like that he's in the Seahawks offense, and I think he can get there. And now, yeah. rookies, mine's Kyle Pitts. I think that's surprising to some, but that's what? what? Kyle Pitts? You think Kyle Pitts is going to be the best rookie tight end? I do. <laughs> <laughs> and my guess uh, is so do you. No, my guess, my rookie tight end is Friar Moose. Big Pat, huh? <laughs> Freaking Friar Moose, what a name. I love it. I love the name alone. That's the only reason why. I, <laughs> I mean, he, he's good. And if, if Ebron takes a step back, I don't see why he couldn't get playing time. So that's, that's not a bad pick. Yeah. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is the obvious answer. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to, he's going to be the best tight end ever, but uh, I definitely think he's going to, he's going to be better than Friar Mouth. I don't, I for the record, I didn't say he's going to be the best tight end ever. I said he's you did. the best rookie tight end ever. <laughs> he's going to have the best rookie tight end season ever. You're on your hill. Just plant your flag, Juge. I am. One or the other. Kyle Pitts, number one overall. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get you a Pitts jersey. Please do. I don't, I don't wear the heck out of that. <laughs> going to be complete with Pitt stains for how bad he's going to be his rookie season. Uh, well that was the long episode i think we we hit a lot of guys but hopefully you know i'm sure we must have talked about your favorite guy out there for all the listeners so um thank you to brandon thank you for coming on being a guest and for breaking down what we've got ahead of the 2021 season anything you want to say specifically before we end uh no thanks for having me on guys thanks for uh keeping the uh the spirit of the dynasty league uh, alive during the off season and i think uh i think we all can agree that that your podcast is kind of what keeps everybody in, involved and and up to date and we all appreciate it oh that makes me feel so warm and fuzzy thanks commish <laughs> We, we love you. We love the league. We love all the listeners. So, again, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we've got, again, a great ride coming up. We're going to finish up rankings next week. And then it's August, and the real fun should be starting. Yes. Start to get prepared, everybody. We are almost there. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners, our fans, uh, all of our doubters, all of our haters, all of our lovers. Uh, that is why we do this thing. And... Godspeed. Bye.
already recording. Yeah, bro, you think you think end credit scenes just come up out of nowhere? <laughs>